Coming up, I'm back in my play. I'm hanging out with Peter Brown of GameSpot.com and talking about a bunch of different retro video game subjects. And we also look back on the lives of the 3DS and the PlayStation Vita as they both tend to head towards their respective finish lines. They've had great runs, and it's kind of fun to look forward to what could be coming from those companies in the future. Also, if you're a Patreon supporter, don't forget to hang out after the show because we got a bonus segment for you guys. And I want to say thank you to everyone that has supported this show over the last year, whether it be downloading the show, talking about it on social media, and especially to those that are voting with their dollar and supporting the show via PayPal or at patreon.com slash back in my play. You guys mean the world and you're helping me produce this show every single week and you know funding this thing going forward. So I will do my best to continue to deliver on promising a great retro video game podcast that is celebrating these games and looking at them every single week. So I'm going to stop talking. You guys want to hear some retro video game discussion. Let's get into it right now with Peter Brown. Hello, welcome back to Back in My Play. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and we're getting towards the end of the year, and I'm sure at this point a lot of you folks out there just like, let's get it over with, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to provide a little bit of of joy and fun and maybe even distraction as we look back on the previous year of games or retro games and look towards the future as well. And I'm very happy to have along me for this ride, Peter Brown of GameSpot.com. Peter, how are you? I'm great. Hello again. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing outstanding because uh, anytime like I I've, I've been absolutely having a blast too because I'm like right uh, I just finished like the last dungeon and we were talking about this a little bit before but I finished the last dungeon in Low Rule and I'm getting ready to go to the castle in Low Rule and mess up Ganon but uh yeah things are things are pretty good but I I think it would be good to talk about some uh just some crazy retro game stuff that's going on like did you get your copy of Wild Guns Reloaded? I did, yes. Um, you know, as a member of the press, I get codes, and thankfully, I got one of those. Um, and I've been giving—I played it for a little bit. It's—it's uh, it's a very interesting uh, adaptation, you know. I, I thought the uh, well. First off, I got like this was kind of like a rush to get these things on Amazon because like Natsume released 10 copies of this game like in like batches of 10 like it would sell out and it would come back in sell out and come back in but um it is at least a nice physical package for for 30 bucks i have not played it myself but uh it is i mean it's nice to have wild arms there on the virtual console if you want to play it on the wii u but um how do you feel about these companies like going back and doing like the Bina commando rearmed was a really good version of this uh but like seeing these like kind of remakes and, and real gigantic updates to games from 20, 25 years ago. Uh, I think it makes perfect sense when they can change just enough, you know, without going overboard. Um, especially if the additions that they make to the game uh, make sense. Uh, you know, so much has changed in the past 20 years that like mm. even just small quality of life adjustments can like really help an old game uh, feel better today. So I, I definitely welcome, you know, these sort of like enhanced remakes. I, and the, you, you mentioned like quality of life stuff and that was one of the big reasons. And this is, again, this discussion is going to go all over the place folks. And, um, for, for Christmas and I feel like 
somewhat bad for asking my parents for this game now, but sometimes I ask, I usually don't ask for games for, for Christmas or whatever, because, you know, I'm an adult, you know, I can afford, you know, the 50 bucks for a game or whatever. And on a whim, I asked for Shin Megami Tensei for Apocalypse (laughs) for, for Christmas. Uh, because like, you know, one of the big selling points for this game was like, all right, well, you know, we, we understand there were some, you know, gameplay issues, some, some barriers to, to entry or whatever, and we we smoothed out that experience. And I've actually been starting that game back up, but like they completely like it's like a remake, but or, or I don't even know what, what would you call it? like an like an update because it's not a completely new game, but um, right. So it's like the foundation of Shin Megami Tensei Four is in there, but mm. it takes place um with like brand new characters brand new storyline so yeah. it's it's certainly not sort of like a traditional remake because it's it's so abundant in you know what it changes like almost the fundamentals are different really um, for a lot of the game well i mean not in terms of mechanics right but the characters and the story you're going through yes are totally mm. different um so that's pretty interesting and uh and from what i understand because i haven't played too much of it yet but i played a lot of four and i really loved it for people to come back and say, this is even better. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. It was, it was that. And, uh, I I don't think it was, it was like that black Friday, you know, now it's like a week long thing, but whatever for black Friday kept, kept showing up on, on Amazon for 30 bucks. And now my, again, my mom was like, I'm like, I don't want any Christmas gifts. I don't want anything. And then this showed up. I'm like, all right, fine. If you guys need to get me something, you might as well get me, you know, Shimagame Tensei for apocalypse because I want to, I got, I want to, like, we've talked about this before. Like I'm searching for that game that can almost live up to the unbelievable standards that persona Four golden has set for me in RPGs, um, which (laughs) is not, it's not fair. I know it's not fair, but, um, it was, it was funny opening up this game a couple days ago, like looking on the back and there's like sexual themes. There's like, you know, gore and, and, and violence and like all this stuff. I'm like, man, I, it's like ask your mom to get you Duke Nukem when you're 13 and like having to <laughs> see that label right there on the front. But I'm excited to to get into it. But I'm curious. Um, another game that I wanted to talk to you about is not just Dragon Quest Seven, but we are less than a month away from Dragon Quest Eight. Are, are you looking forward to that? Did you ever play it on the PS2? Never played it on the PS2. And, you know... So I'm just going to take a step back to talk about Dragon Quest Seven Absolutely. for the 3DS, because um, that's kind of informing where I am right now. Uh, I always wanted to play that on PlayStation. Uh, you know, had hope that it would be localized for the West on the 3DS. Mm. Sure enough, it was released last year. I put about 50 hours into that game, and I, I couldn't get myself to keep playing. <laughs> um, there's a lot that I like about it, but at the same time, I felt like I was really, you know super slowly just chipping away at what the game was Mm. um and the story wasn't paying off for me so after putting in so much time with that and not getting the the payoff i was hoping for i'm i don't know that i'm personally that excited for dragon quest 8 i totally understand the excitement uh around these games because i know that like you know the fan base loves what dragon quest is and so often that doesn't change just so happens i don't necessarily love (laughs) dragon (laughs) quest it turns out this is the same thing that I have with Persona Four. Is like I um I was very curious about Dragon Quest Seven, but it was it was in a lot of the reviews and a lot of the discussions that people were having is it, was, yeah, it gets really good like sixty hours in when you hit that sixty hour mark. That's when the story takes off, and yeah. that's just too much to ask today. 
well, even job classes don't open up until dozens of hours in right. the game. Which, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just me. But at that point, I was sort of like, you know, I would have loved for the game to have hit its stride because mm-hmm. I felt like I really was just barely making progress in terms of unlocking the game, you know, like seeing what, what potential was within it. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still curious. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see about, you know, the pacing of Dragon Quest eight, but that is, that seems to be a game that, uh, hopefully is, is, is a little bit tighter and, um, it's also coming along with the same time where we're getting a lot of news of Dragon Quest Eleven coming out on the PlayStation Four and, believe it or not, Nintendo 3DS. Um, but judging by like the timetables for these games, we're probably not going to get that for. Like, do you even think they'll localize that for the 3DS if it's like what did we get it like a year from now? That'd be 2018 to get another 3DS game. All right, it's a good question. I mean, I think that it, that'll have to do a lot with how well uh, seven and eight sell cumulatively. Yeah, I know the Dragon Quest Heroes is getting a sequel. Um, Builders sold pretty well in the West, mm. so I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's you know a far gone, or I don't think it's a. I think we're likely to see it happen. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I can't get the words out right now, but yeah, no, totally. I, I think it's I, I, I'm still I mean, obviously Persona Five is gonna be coming at at some point. It's still my predicted, you know, switch launch title that they have yet to announce. So maybe we'll get that news next week. But that's the thing I've been saying for months and months and months is that, you know, if they keep to keep this up, they keep pushing it back, it's gotta mean that they're gonna get this thing out in the switch. But um I'm still waiting. I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give Apocalypse uh, a, a good effort, a good shot and the world's pretty cool. It is kind of cool walking around a like apocalyptic Tokyo and then just finding some monsters and some rather interesting characters so far. But um, what what have you been playing? What have you been playing like now that you survived the crazy review season and you were able to you know slow down a, a little bit? What have you actually been wanting to go back and and play with some of your time off? Uh, well, I've started playing Yakuza Zero. Nice. Um, I'll be reviewing reviewing that mid January, and that game is such a treat. <laughs> really awesome. You know, it's it's oh man, it's been years since I played a Yakuza game, and in so so many ways, things haven't changed, which is great. <laughs> you know, um, it feels sort of like this unapologetic clunky games at time mm-hmm. clunky game at times. Like in combat, it's not terribly refined, but it but you can pull off just insane you know violent moves on people which sounds like okay maybe that's old hat maybe that shouldn't be something worth getting excited about these days Mm -hmm. but they're so creative in the ways that you actually just uh take out your uh your opponents and then on you know on the other hand it's like completely ridiculous like you're running around parts of sort of these faux recreations of parts of uh tokyo Mm -hmm. uh, and osaka as in 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 this game and uh you know, you have to do just like the oddest activities. Like you're supposed to be the super serious sort of like crime focused <laughs> guy, but then you also take time to stand in as a TV producer shooting commercials in a restaurant. Awesome. It's, it's just totally off the wall and bonkers. Um, and yeah, it's a game that both takes itself way too seriously and then not seriously at all. So it's, it's like a great harmony between those two different uh, attitudes. I don't know if you've run into this yet or if you can talk about it, but are there any uh, like comparative to Shenmue 2, do we have like a really good arcade experience in Yakuza 0? 
So I've played Space Harrier and Outrun, and they both feel pretty good. You've got a few options when it comes to like scaling the video mm-hmm. um, for your screen oh, and that's applying funny. different <laughs> filters. Which, okay. uh, but yeah, you know, it it's it certainly feels like the you know the logical conclusion to what Shenmue's you know did all those years ago. Um, mm. It's I can't say it's changed too much, but there's certainly it's a more interesting game to move around like. Always respected Shenmue. Didn't play two, but the original definitely was a bit dry and boring for me. Mm. Um, so Yakuza just kind of wastes no time being interesting, which is what I really appreciate. Yeah, this is definitely. A, I I, could, I didn't even realized. Yeah, it's coming out January twenty fourth. Like we are weeks away, less than a month away from this as well. Yeah. It's going to be a really yeah. And then we've got. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and then we have Yakuza six and Kiwami. Sometime, I think, next year. At least Yakuza 6 is next year, I think. So, lots of Yakuza on the way. Yeah, I mean, thank God for that great, um, you know, Sony is is really delivering when it comes to bringing this these games that these, like, fan favorites don't really sell a ton of copies, but, you know, it's something that they can throw up at the PlayStation experience and be like, you guys, we got your back. Here are some awesome... Japanese games that we're going to localize for you. And um, yeah, that's, it's going to be a hell of a year for, I thought 2016 was going to be, was a great year. I mean, 2017 just seems like it's going to be unstoppable in terms of great releases so far. Gravity Rush 2, I think, is coming out next month. Um, yeah, oh my god. Let's see. Uh, Near Automata, that game is going to just... From what I've played, it's going to be great. If it can, you know... There's a demo out right now, and if the mm. whole game plays like that, I'll be so excited when that finally releases. And that's not too far off. I think it's sometime in the first few months of the year. How, how did you feel? I mean, 2016, we, were, we are literally uh, wrapping up right now, and you guys did all your, your Game of the Year discussions at GameSpot. How, how do you feel about the year uh, as a whole? I mean, we had kind of the, let's call it, I, I guess it was literally just like the, the, the Wii U just kind of basically stumbling towards the end of life with Zelda coming out at some point next year, and it seems like the Xbox One and PlayStation Four really—they've really hit their their stride. And of course, the PC is the PC. Yeah, and unfortunately, Vita is <laughs> sort of dying a slow death. Speak for yourself. I got a brand um, new Vita game this past week. I got Shante Half Genie Hero. Yeah, no. Hey, I'm with you. I, it's not that I'm not supporting it, but it's certainly, <laughs> you know, the the games are few and far between <laughs> well, G- well geo i mean geo was up on stage uh proudly you know he had his playstation vita in hand and it was making yeah. uh, a couple trips to some parties and hell at least we're getting some sick neo geo games like we're getting 
Last Blade 2 and uh, Windjammers is going to be making its way in uh, 2017 as well. Did they confirm the Vita port for that? Uh, for, for both for those? Yes. Okay, cool. And maybe they'll make some way where you can both use a stick and both use, like, someone can use the D-pads and someone can use the buttons, like, kind of like they did for, for Dive Kick for some two-player oh, Vita be- action. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're totally right. It is, it's going to be the, the end of, end of life for, for the Vita, I guess, except in Japan and except for Exceed, Axis, and Atlas to continue to bring things over like Ease 8 must be coming at some point. Um, and there's always another mm-hmm. Rampa game, you know, around the corner, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, the Vita aside, though, 2016 was certainly an interesting year because, I mean, it, it started off with the launch of you know the VR headsets, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and Sony was able to reinvigorate that a little bit, but at the end of the year now, it's sort of like, all right, what's the next great VR game? You know, like there's mm-hmm. there's nothing sort of like on the horizon that people are are all a buzz about. Um, and yeah, it was interesting as well to see Sony and Microsoft kind of make their first step to disrupt the, you know, the the cycle of consoles as well. Um, it's a little surprising to see the PS4 Pro stumble so much uh, yeah. in terms of like, you know, across the games that support it, not all of them necessarily perform the way people expect. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Microsoft does next year with Scorpio for sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, how how do you feel about having these these half steps of of consoles? I mean, it seems like there are people that are really that are really there. There are two very significant uh, uh, separate sides to this. Where some people are like, I don't like. They should just keep trying to squeeze every last ounce out of the original hardware instead of not necessarily giving up, but. Uh, making the the more hardcore gamer feel like they need to shell out another 400 500 bucks just to get a decent frame rate like last guardian seemed to be you know one of the biggest culprits of that is you know we're not running so great on the original hardware and running you know reasonably well on the pro i you know it's it's tough for me right like I guess, you know, if I had to classify myself as a, as a grade of gamer, I would be a hardcore gamer. But by and large, I think that term is sort of, uh, is sort of strange. Like, I don't know that it's necessarily healthy mm. um, in terms of, you know, defining the people who are really passionate about video games. Like, I'm surrounded right now by boxes of old games that I'm going through <laughs> this week to sell. You know, I, I work 60 hours a week at a job that I only think about video games. Right. But I wasn't bothered playing The Last Guardian on a standard PS4. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't necessarily feel like I need to have the latest and greatest thing. Now, I I do sympathize with that mentality because for years it has been that, you know, a new console generation is a big deal. And it's mm-hmm. a it's a thing to rally around and get excited about. And maybe these these releases are going to water down that that sort of spirit. Right. Or that sort of um, the opportunity to renew our excitement for games. But I think it actually allows people to focus more on the games themselves rather than the particular hardware. Mm. Like you don't see people that are, you know, diehard GTX, you know, NVIDIA GTX <laughs> 860 enthusiasts, right? The way you do about people who are diehard PS4 versus Xbox One. Right. But, you, but what you do see on the PC side where consoles are now sort of beginning to emulate the hardware, you know, behavior in that market are people who are just passionate about games. Um, so I, I kind of hope that you know, diluting the water in terms of console generations by releasing these mid-cycle upgrades will let people focus on things that actually matter because, 
you know, hardcore gamers chasing the, you know, XYZ, the best consoles. Like it's all just a way to play games in the end. Right. Yeah. And I, I, as someone that has, like I got not to pull out my GTX car, but you know, I got a 1070, a PS4 pro and a Xbox one S and it, it really like, even when I got the pro, like I did a bunch of like side by side comparisons. I watched what you guys did, like with looking at, you know, how the, the hardware compares and all that stuff. And I think, you know, no matter what, if you just, you could spend 200 bucks, like literally they're right now, they're like $220 with potentially the best game on the platform in the boxes for both these pieces of hardware and have an un- unbelievable experience. You play Uncharted 4 and you will be, you're a dead person inside if you don't get blown away <laughs> by how good, you know, that game looks. Yeah, so I... I don't know. And so then the other part of me who loves industrial design and loves these products is is also excited just to see new hardware on the market, to see totally. what these companies want to do. Because consoles do not look like other electronics. Like Game consoles are typically designed with a bit more of a heavy hand because they want to stand out. Mm-hmm. But the, of course, they also want to be subtle and fit in. So I like to see how Sony's redesign their stuff. I'm really curious what Microsoft is going to do with the Scorpio in terms of how they design that console. The, right. the Xbox One S, super handsome. Mm-hmm. It's a very good looking console. I like it a lot. Hoping they continue that, but I also want to see how they're going to tweak it. If it's just bigger, that's eh, a little boring. <laughs> but, you know, time will tell. Yeah, you can't just throw a couple more, you know, USB ports on that thing and, you know, call it, call it an upgrade. Maybe we'll go all the way back to, you know, that PlayStation 3 and just have like all these different SD card slots and, God, like what those old like <laughs> duo, you know, uh, duo memory cards and all that stuff for our for our PSPs. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it seems like it is mostly everyone you know in the in the industry seems to be relatively positive or where things are are at right now. Like there, you don't see those articles like it's over. You know, now that Mario is on an iPhone, you know that's it. You know, right. we're not going to need to buy Playstations and Xboxes and switches anymore we'll just be be good to go but speaking of of the switch i, I want to talk to you a little bit about nintendo because you know if you know there, there's been lots of discussions about mario run and you know that's been a, a relative success for for those guys and um you know one of the things that i've been noticing and it's it, you know potentially partially a side effect of of that and obviously pokemon has been gigantic for them this year but uh, you can't buy a 3DS in a store right now in the United States or in Canada. You can't find them on BestBuy.com, Target. That's super weird. It's there. I saw you tweeting about. That. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like you, and this has been ever you know for the last let's call it we're recording on the 28th, so we're gonna call it like the last 10 days or so. The days leading up till Christmas, you couldn't get a 2DS, a 3DS, a 3DS XL. Uh, or it's just a new 3ds, new 3ds XL. You couldn't find any of this stuff in stores, and obviously, in uh, alongside that, like you can watch just like certain games, like you know, you see it on Amazon when you're just randomly searching for stuff. Like New Super Mario Brothers Two was sold out on on Amazon. The Pokemon games were were selling out uh, in various outlets, and it seemed to be a hell of a, a Christmas for Nintendo, but. I guess, uh, I guess, like I have a two-part question for you. Um, one, and a lot of people have already like when I did tweet that, like a lot of people said, like, well, you know, Nintendo just likes to run a tight, lean ship, and 
Like that just doesn't sound right. Like what it sounds like is that Nintendo kind of continues to be terrible at predicting what the consumer wants when it comes to their games and their hardware. Because like seven days before Christmas, you should be able to go out and get a new 3DS XL hardware that's two years old, by the way. And or a 2DS hardware that's three years old and uh, have this stuff. And by the way, that's two-year-old hardware. That's still 199 bucks. It's not like it's it's cheap. The the $99 DS, 3DS, is a, it was a different story for Black Friday. But um, I don't know. Like I guess that, that first part of that question is, did you, is Nintendo going to ever figure this out? Like when when it comes to supply, when it comes to the demands of, of their consumers because they always continue to make amazing games like Link Between Worlds. Like I, I still, I was playing through that again. It's like blows me away how perfect that game is to me. Um, but they still seem to be so weird when it comes to all these other missteps. And I, I obviously don't know exactly where Nintendo makes all of their hardware. You might be able to guess, okay, in terms of shortages of 3DS hardware, Maybe the factories that they work with are focusing on Switch right now, and they literally mm. don't have the manpower. That that's probably a pretty far fetched, um, you know, cause for this. On the other hand, another far fetched one is maybe they've got a refresh for the 3DS planned um, during the reveal mm. of the Switch in a couple weeks. So, you know, maybe we'll see Nintendo announce that, and so this sort of uh, lack of supply is a way for them to prevent buyer's remorse, right? Because you can imagine if so many people bought a 3DS right now and they announced a new one, hmm. you know, one that was in somehow more in line with Switch, whether it's the OS or the hardware itself, um, they'd probably be pretty upset. So maybe this is Nintendo's way of silently preventing people from uh, having buyer's remorse. Fascinating. Although, honestly, it, it could just totally be that they have no idea how to meet demand and they totally underestimate what people want, hmm. um, which which could be the case. You know, it's... Uh, it, I think the Amiibo situation was like <laughs> right. the, peak, the peak example of that. Um, well, it's the NES Classic it a, Edition too, right? Well, that, yes. Um, but that I can understand, right? The Amiibo demand was there for months and months and months, and Nintendo still didn't have an answer. The NES Classic has only been out for a little over a month. Mm-hmm. So maybe they really do need time to rebound with that and actually meet demand. But with Amiibo, it seems strange because there was so much time before they were actually able to come back. I think it was years before they finally offered certain Amiibo that people had been demanding and you mm. know were expensive on eBay. Um, yeah, who's, who's to know? It's such a... For a company that you know, we've, we've been uh, you know, patrons of for decades, it's still so hard to get a read on Nintendo, like wh- yeah. whatever they're thinking at any given time. Um, and it's, they're secretive to a degree. You know? It's super hard even during interviews to get like a straight answer out of them. Mm. Yeah. It seems like that's secretive and it's secretive almost as in it, in an ad, uh, antagonistic, antagonistic sense. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Where like, they're almost kind of like, it's whenever I see like Reggie talk, like, you know, he's always like keeping a secret, but for like really no good reason. Um, but you know, I've 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 had my my issues with the 3DS hardware over the years. I think it has an, an absolutely ridiculous library, but you've given me a little bit of hope 
where like this is something that you know JJ uh, brought up when when we talked about Link Between Worlds last week was you know you know I I would really love to get a like DSI like revision. Uh, or like even I guess it would almost be like a DS Lite like revision for the 3DS hardware that has an incredible battery life. Where like I still can't believe how much I have to charge my stupid 3DS. Where my Vita, the power management just seems to be a lot better. I just shut off your your Wi-Fi. I guess like shutting off Wi-Fi does miracles for that that battery life. But um, I know I that would be really cool to see one more 3DS that is just like nice and light and not glossy <laughs> and as like that like have you dealt with like you've seen those issues of like the the tf versus the ips screens like people need to like play the lottery to try to get good screens on a 3ds xl um like it's just so many of these little weird things that just continues to to boggle me because at the end of the day they still make some of the best video games in the world and like they're not going to stop now, right? I yeah about the 3ds revision. I like I secretly really hope that they decide to do you know the plan B that I mentioned, which is make a sort of a switch centric DS. Yeah. Ditch the three, just call it a switch DS, right? Um, so at that point they can save a little bit money on the screen up top. Mm. Maybe they can give us a higher res screen as well. Um, and yeah, just make something that's, that's a little bit slicker. Like I have the Nvidia shield tablet. That thing is a beautiful tablet. It's pretty heavy, mm-hmm. but the manufacturing, like the design of it is great. And you see some of that echoed in the switch. So I'd love to see, you know, a, a DS, you know, a, a successor to the 3DS that you described with those sort of Nvidia design touches. Um, the more I talk about it, the more I really hope that comes true. <laughs> Well, it's it definitely the the library itself has some legs in it. Uh, we we talked about Dragon Quest Eleven, but you know just the way things are going in Japan, um, you know people are still buying tons of 3ds hardware, and um, it will be very fascinating to see how that market specifically picks up on the Switch. If 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 people will be turned off by its size, if they will still say no, I there's animal crossing on my 3ds i have um you know whatever insert other i can still get pokemon on my my 3ds why would i need to get this uh this switch hardware but i guess we'll find out in like what four or five months yeah well i mean i guess we'll know at least to a degree next week or in a couple weeks right Right. i mean i think the, the two biggest concerns for me is the weight Mm. Um, because the Nvidia shield tablet I have is heavy for a tablet. Um, and the screen size is smaller on the switch. So presumably it will be lighter, but at the same time, like even if it's relatively lighter at the same size, it'll, it'll probably be pretty heavy and battery life is another concern. So I, I have a hunch that the 3ds will still, will still be around. will still exist. Um, just due to those strengths alone. I don't know. Like we we have gotten a little bit of 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 leaks, and I think it was like Digital Foundry got like the real nuts and bolts of of what the hardware is doing inside this thing. Like it is like they're severely downclocking, you know this this processor when right. it is not in the dock and it's using some extra juice, you know, when it's plugged in to upscale to 1080 or whatever when it is docked. But 
Um, do, do you have any concerns about the the power of this hardware? It seems more or less that it is going to be, it's almost going to be like the new 3DS to the uh, Wii, or it's going to be, you know, the new 3DS to the 3DS as, you know, the Wii U will be to this, this Switch, maybe just like a little bit more powerful so you can get like better looking games, but still pretty close to what we you know, saw on the on the Wii U hardware in terms of graphical performance. Yeah, to give you somewhat <clears throat> of an idea, um, so the hardware that's rumored to be in the Switch is uh, NVIDIA's, NVIDIA's uh, Maxwell, uh, you know, it's like GPU-CPU hybrid thing. And mm-hmm. that in, a t- in the Shield tablet can run something like Metal Gear Rising, um, a native version of that game, at like 720p30. Um, and with graphics on par with PlayStation 3. So I mm. think the Switch version is going to be slightly upgraded. They said that it's got some custom stuff going on. So if you can imagine that, right, like sort of like a portable PlayStation 3 grade system, um, and then when docked, maybe something between PS3 and PS4, but probably closer to PS3, really. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that performance doesn't necessarily bother me personally. Um, you know, I still enjoy playing 3d games of, you know, generations old. Right. But, uh, but I think it, it might hurt them competitively in the market. We've seen people like Eve, Eve Gimo over at Ubisoft and, you know, a few other executives say, oh yeah, we're super excited about the switch, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But that could just be all talk. I'm very, I'm very much concerned that we're going to see the same thing happen. Um, yeah, you know, th- with that happened with the Wii U and with well, I guess maybe not the Wii. But there was a whole lot of games, a lot of third-party games on Wii. Yeah, uh, but clearly the Wii suffered in that regard. I don't think the Switch is going to suddenly bounce back, right, and offer the same games that people are getting in other consoles, even with just slightly diminished graphics. We'll see some crossover, but it's I think Nintendo's going to have a, a tough time. If anything, it's going to be the unique nature of this device that wins people over. And I think that they've got it this time around because the Wii U certainly had promise in some ways that is similar to what Switch is offering. But the Switch seems to be this sort of like no-nonsense, clear message. Here's a game that you know you can play on your TV and you can take it with you on the go. Um, no questions asked, right? Like pretty much. Like sure, yeah, it'll look a little bit less impressive on the go. But it's not like you're dealing with a Wii U where you, know, you take the gamepad 20 feet from your system and you can't play it. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, I, I think Nintendo will once again prove that their hardware is worth adopting, even if the games and the performance aren't the thing that, that hooks customers right away. just i just i really want to see what's the best way to put this i don't want them to get get in the way of themselves when it comes to the switch because i've you know again i i think the you know the 3ds has been incredible in terms of a, a library but the the hardware has never been outstanding whether like i said it was like you know trying to find good ips screens on an xl or just the battery life really not getting better throughout the whole generation through all of its iterations it really 
like it got like a half an hour better from the 3ds xl to new 3ds xl um and it's a portable machine but i think accounts accounts will be Accounts will be the big thing and trying to figure out what their online platforms will be. Do you think we'll see that next in the next couple of weeks? We'll see, you know, whether it be God, the just the absolute limping practic practically a zombie corpse of virtual console transition <laughs> to Switch. Because like even like we saw like I saw it today um on Twitter, they're getting for some reason, Dracula X is coming out on 3DS, which yeah, is like... I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, okay, you're you're doing that. And like <laughs> Mario Kart 64 is coming out on the Wii U. Like now, like where the hell were you like three years ago? Um, it's just like, it's such a half-assed attempt at, you know, this platform that could be really good, especially for people that are listening to this show and, you know, finding finding carts for certain games like let's say wild guns find that for like under 100 bucks is a problem but um that's that's funny you mentioned that because i was on amazon looking because I, I only got the digital version of that game mm -hmm. on ps4 so i went into amazon just to search for it for the ps4 version to buy it physically knowing full well that they were selling out figure i'd look anyway i see a super nintendo copy listed uh like new at 65 bucks now, of course, I know not all sellers abide by what the condition oh, definitions. Oh, jeez, yeah. Like new, like new means it should come with box and everything. Right. So I just assume it's just a cartridge. Now, sixty-five dollars is like two hundred dollars less than what that game can go for. Um, so I looked at the seller stuff, and everything else was priced reasonably. Mm -hmm. Everything else seemed to have you know varying degrees of conditions listed with it. Um, the game is sitting in my office right now. I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. I actually may have got a copy of wild guns for $65 <laughs> or, or I got a repro and the person right. didn't disclose it. And then I need to go to eBay. Then, I, Well, no, then I need to get dirty with them and actually try to get my money back. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think if Nintendo, they just need to offer a subscription service for virtual console and just let that be the thing. You know, let that live on your 3DS. Let that live on your Switch. Um, because if you look at the NES Classic, like it's not just like, hey, here's a platform where you can play old games. It's here's a platform with a bunch of games built exactly. into it, right? It's sort of just one simple step to get access to those games. Um, and it's the virtual console is kind of fractured right now. Like if you're someone, if you're not like us, right? If you don't know the games that you really want, and you start scrolling through virtual console, you might not really find or be able to identify games that you that you like right away. So you might just walk away from it. Subscription service would just make it so simple, and I feel like they would actually get more business um, offering their older games that way. Um, so I, I hope yes that the Switch does does continue Virtual Console, but I hope Nintendo pivots in terms of how they handle it because something needs to change. Yeah, I just I I, I, I hope. They they seem they seem to do a really good job. I don't maybe they don't, but like I like to think that they do a good job of learning from their lessons. When they get their ass kicked, sometimes they tend to really step up and and make some some corrections. And um, it is encouraging to hear that um, NERD is is working on the virtual console stuff for the Switch, which. You know, like they, they did a pretty good job with the NES Classic Edition for 59 bucks. So uh, yeah. hopefully they can deliver on this thing. And yeah, you nailed it. If they can do that, if they can do Netflix or just like here, here's 
I know what is that like ten bucks a month? Is it nine ninety nine or is a hundred bucks a year? Is it a, is it PlayStation Now prices for for these games? Do you think? Oh, could you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the, Nintendo is the most unpredictable company in the world. But could you imagine that though? If for just ten dollars a month to have access to the complete the library, library, yeah. Even oh. if you never touched it, even if you never touched it, it would be so hard to just not say, yeah, just in case, I'll sign up for that. Like that would just be amazing. And as someone who's trying to sell their old games right now to kind of you know, lighten the load a little bit, I would love something like that. Yeah. If you could get in and like, again, you would hope they would do it right. Like what Netflix is doing now where they allow you to, because this is a portable console and we got to, I mean, we're not going to get into Super Mario run discussions of needing an internet connect to, uh, connection to play the game. But like, you would hope that they would like have some sort of, system set up where you can download that stuff locally so you can get on a plane and uh, play some of those those games. But yeah, I, if they could just do it for the games that they don't have to go through any licensing hurdles, it's just like, give me Nintendo developed and published games from NES, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, and hell, maybe even you throw in a GameCube game here or there and well, that's the rumor, right? Everyone's yeah. been talking about that. God, they just like they got the keys to the best, like art. I guess is it arguably like the best vault of first-party published games of all time. Like no one can contend with their depth and breadth of genres and quality titles for the last thirty years. And if they just offered that stuff. Um, do you, do you think people would make that connection? Like I really wanted that NES classic edition. Here's something for, let's say it's 200 bucks. Like I could just get this and it's like having a super NES classic edition. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. Right. And so if they can, if Nintendo can answer that crowd with something as simple to understand as a subscription service, exactly. And they can also say, Hey, check it out. You know what? This is a console. This is a tablet. This is a portable gaming console, and if you want to play with two players on the go, you just snap the controls off the side, and you can play simple games together. I think yeah. there are, are so many basic promises they can make. I just don't know if they're willing to go the extra mile <laughs> and, and deliver on those. You know, I, I worry. I worry. You know, like Super Mario Run, there's going to be some weird restriction that just doesn't make sense, but that we just you know accept because it's Nintendo and it's kind of the way they've always been. Um, time will tell if you look at Mark Cerny and what he did for Sony, it's not hard to imagine how even just, you know, having one new person work on something Mm -hmm. can make a world of difference. So I have to imagine after the failure and it is a failure of a console, the Wii U, despite its library, despite having some amazing games on it, it didn't do well. Nintendo is fully aware of this. You know, they bounced back with the 3DS and they did a whole lot of things to make that finally sell. Mm-hmm. So if they can recognize the mistake that was the Wii U and get some new people involved with the right ideas that are actually tapped into what people want, um, we might see these things happen. It, it, it could be that this is the generation that Nintendo bounces back. And I don't know if they'll ever hit the same like, you know, potency in terms of like marketplace share that they did with uh, the Wii. But even if they can just, you know, compete not in terms of performance or, or necessarily, you know, games, but just in terms of the mind share, right? What mm. people are thinking about 
you don't see people necessarily dissing PlayStation 4 or Xbox One these days, right? As long as people don't diss the Switch and enjoy it because it's got something unique, that that can be all it takes. It's just up to Nintendo to actually listen. God, I, I yeah, I hope they do because they, they do have, I mean, they, it seems like they do have the pieces in place and that analogy of what PlayStation did and what Sony did with the PlayStation 4 of learning from the mistakes that they made with the PlayStation 3 and completely doing a just an unbelievable course correction when it came to the the PS4 and to have I guess Microsoft take their place to screw up the start of a generation um it is hell next couple of weeks are going to be real fun i guess no matter what it's going to be real fun to see what they can do with that thing um so, I mean, there's a couple other things I want to hit on before we we kind of wrap up. Um, but I'm kind of curious, like, for we're going into uh, 2017, but I'm just curious, like, I, I want to ask you two questions for for Game of the Year stuff. I'm curious what, like, if you if you had your know, your personal game of the year, what what would that be, and what were the kind of games that you were thinking about? But also, I'm curious if you had a like favorite old game that you played like in 2016, whether it's just like you revisited a game that you played like years ago and you just kind of played through it again, or like it was just one of those games that you discovered that you picked up in a, a bulk lot or like, you know, importing from Japan and just like, Oh my God, this game is great. Like I just never played it before. Um, well, that's, that's pretty easy. Where do you want me to start? Do you want me to start with game of the year stuff or yeah. playing old games? Uh, okay. Well, Game of the Year stuff as always is super difficult. <laughs> How was that battle this year? Did you guys did you guys come to a clear consensus? I saw the the list, but it's always fun to kind of see, you know, how the <laughs> battles go. There were some things that were pretty easy to decide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we do take a preliminary vote before we go in and, and debate, and the debates can change the votes because, you know, not everyone gets a chance to play every game, right? So Sometimes an impassioned argument from the one person who played a game will convince people that it belongs, you know, a certain place on the list. So, yeah, at times things were difficult, uh, but it's it's never it's never easy. It's certainly, um, you know, just as a, you know, deciding twenty five games <laughs> and, and where they belong on that list is tough. I, I every year I say, can we just call them the best games and not order them? <laughs> and everyone tells me to shut up and sit down. So uh, that doesn't that doesn't happen. But you know, for me, um, the internet needs lists, Peter. You got to have a list, and it yes. has to be numbered. I know, I know. Um, so I can read off my list. I've got it right in front of me. Um, Perfect. Maybe some surprises in there. Uh, maybe not. Uh, so the number one was the Last Guardian, um, which was obviously a latecomer, but that game just did some some really special stuff with Trico. Um, and I think my, my thoughts on it are best encapsulated. Uh, if you go over to Gama Sutra right now, they have an article about game developers talking about the game. And they seem to echo my sentiments really well. So rather than waste a lot of time here, I'll just say check out that article um, to see why that game is so special. Uh, and the rest of the list is Res Infinite, Doom, Thumper, Owlboy, Hyperlight Drifter, Abzu, Fury, Final Fantasy XV, and lastly, No Man's Sky. Whoa, Which, there's some uh, surprises on there. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people had problems with No Man's Sky in particular, but I think that game is still a pretty pretty amazing feat in a lot of ways, even if it didn't live up to the hype. 
in well, other ways. They they still have they have some opportunities. They have what was it called the found founders or the um, settlers update or something like that. Yeah, I don't I don't really might care about too much of that stuff. I think because my time, I think like a lot of people, they they gave that game a shot or they you know they stuck with it long enough. I mean, I put eighty hours into that game. I don't know mm. that I can go back to it now. <laughs> No matter what they, I mean, they, so for me, the thing that I love so much about that game, well, there were two things. One was the sort of techno, the technical perspective mm-hmm. and the seamless transitions from, from planets into space and through galaxies and, and all that great stuff. Uh, and then the other part of it was the, the Atlas path, you know, following the storyline that, that did exist in the game as subtle as it was. Um, that actually was the, the thing that gave, the rest of the game, for all of its faults, even context for me, mm. um, but I saw it to its conclusion. So I, I think I'm done with that game. Um, but I, but I do encourage people to give it a chance. I'm sure everyone has sort of either written it off or finished it by now. But um, well, that's like a unique skill, right? To be able to, and I think I scratched this itch with, of all things, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, but. You mentioned that seamless transition from like getting, you know, being on a spaceship, getting in a, in a plane or, you know, uh, another spaceship and going, you know, through the atmosphere onto the surface, then doing stuff, then getting back in that ship, coming back up through the atmosphere, back on your, you know, your, your mothership or whatever, then jumping in, you know, using your FTL drive and then jumping somewhere else and having that literally, like that's what Call of Duty of all things did really well was like a seamless transition from mission to mission without any kind of like breaks, except for, you know, some small cutscenes and stuff like that. It's magical yeah. when they do it right. It, it, it really is. Yeah. And so when you, when you take that and then you, you sort of add the fact that no man's sky took place in just a massive yeah. galaxy, right? Like the fact that you can, you can like, you can't even imagine where you're going. They call it duty. It's still impressive, but you mm-hmm. know, you have these certain destinations in No Man's Sky, it's like you're setting off into the unknown. Mm. And so when you add that, like the, the technological achievement that's there with the seamless stuff, uh, for me, was just super great. Um, and to maybe touch on one more, Final Fantasy XV, a game I love to play, <laughs> but, but a game I also love to just criticize because I hate the story so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're, 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 they're fixing it, right? <laughs> No, there's no saving this storyline. It's, <laughs> it's it's just, it's not even that chapter 13 is lacking. You know, mm. it's not that the characters need their individual chapters. It is so shallow. It is so basic. It, it just, it, it does not hold up to even the mediocre Final Fantasy games out there in terms of its narrative. Man. Um, and I, I have no problem saying that um, because it doesn't necessarily change the fact that playing that game and being in its its open world uh you know i was playing it before it was out obviously so there was no like oh my friends weren't telling me where to find things and there was no internet like maybe telling me oh here's a hidden weapon Mm -hmm. i literally just had this open world to myself with no other resource and exploring that was just incredible and the pace of combat that was really good i really liked what was there um but yeah, that one almost didn't make the cut. <laughs> because <laughs> this, oh, yeah, we don't have to get into that too much. But um, and then you know your the other question, uh, which I've wandered away from now. But uh, old games that I've been playing, uh, I've just went back to Final Fantasy Tactics yet again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm twenty five hours into a new game, and 
that game just continues to uh, continues to impress me. I've been playing it for almost twenty years straight, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, you know, I find different things about it that I love almost every time I play. Um, Specifically, it's, it's the, the PS1 version. Yes, uh, I ha- so <laughs> specifically the PS1 version, chiefly because it doesn't have uh, purposefully programmed slowdown. Mm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this. But the PSP and the iOS versions have very strange animations during combat, where they were either sped up too fast or slowed down purposefully uh, relative to the original release. So it feels very strange as someone, you know, to someone who's played the original so many times. Mm-hmm. But I am, I think, going to hack my PlayStation TV so that I can play the PSP version with the hack that's out there to make the animations properly timed uh, so I can play that on my TV. I can do that on a PSP I own, but uh, to play it on a TV might be interesting because there are, you know, if I can get past those animations and, you know, just have fun with the new classes that are in that version, Mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe I won't have to be so loyal and staunch in my you know my position about the playstation version but but yes that continues to be the best one for me and uh so good That's a really deep and uh, and really like a wide range of genres on on there, um, and it's and it's cool. Whenever people bring up, because I think it is my game of the year would be I think it is it's it is Doom mm. or Titanfall two. One of those yeah, two. I, I've been waiting to put more time into Titanfall two. It's pretty Everyone good. Loves that game. Yeah, yeah. It's got good, got good multiplayer. It's got, um, you know, oddly enough, Call of Duty and Titanfall Two had like some of the best single player, like the single player first person shooter campaigns this year were just a whole nother level. Like it was, uh, it was really great to see. Just uh, like I'm, I've just been so separated from first person shooters for for a while, um, but they really delivered. And I'm one of those people. I like. Sorry, I mean. I know it's kind of like cool to hate Uncharted Four now, but God, I really like that game. That was a fun. That was a fun game. Um, totally. Yeah, I I don't get the hate for it. <laughs> no, I swear, it's just like some people are like, I don't know. It's oh, it's just Uncharted One all over again. But I'm sorry, I like those characters. I have the soundtrack downloaded on my phone. I um, it's a beautiful oh, game, yeah. and they fixed a lot of you know problems with the gunplay. I didn't even like the first Uncharted. I stopped playing that series. This is mm. the first one I've actually finished. And it's great. <laughs> like, I don't even think it relies so much on people needing to love the series. Like, yeah, it's not a complex game, but it doesn't, doesn't try to be either, right. you know? And I do, I do have The Last Guardian sitting next to my, still in the wrapping, next on top of my PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, with a... <laughs> You know, surprisingly, I opened up Wild Guns Reloaded first to install that, which took all of like ten minutes. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I need to kind of catch up on 
some games, but I just got I got caught up on some 3DS stuff, oddly enough, more than more than anything. And Shante is really good on the Vita. That's a fun game. Um I will say I didn't cover a ton of games on back of my play this year, like really only like a dozen, but I think at the top were Mega Man 5, and we haven't done this yet, but Mega Man 6. I really like those games, and I think that's okay. The Which games? The Mega, Mega Man, Man 5 and 6. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally, dude. No, 100%. I, <laughs> I don't know why people bash those either. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did. We did 5. Uh, 5 was uh, in June of this year, and I, I've already played through 6, but... Um, I'm actually playing through it again on the the legacy collection to just do a little refresher, but um, those were really good. And I should be fair that also we did Castlevania three, our Akamajo Dracula, the the Famicom version this year, which was also God. It was great to finally play through that game. Yeah, so good. Um, so plenty of retro games to play through. I got a list. Shenmue two is. Somewhere on there, Chrono Trigger. Sorry, listeners, it's somewhere whoa, on there. Whoa. Oh, what? <laughs> I, I, I like had this conversation, but I blocked it out of my head. So remind me I again know. why you haven't played Chrono Trigger. <laughs> um, because I think I've played through the first 10 hours so many times that, um, I don't know, eventually I will play through Chrono Trigger. I would love a good version of Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy VI that's not on a Game Boy Advance um yeah and well, i want i want i want on a portable <laughs> do you have a game boy player i mean you could play the game boy advanced versions on your tv i could potentially. but you know what's gonna bug me and i won't even notice it like people said the music on the nes classic edition is messed yeah. up but uh you know people say the game boy advanced music is all messed up so Mess, messed up maybe not it's from what i understand just the inf- instrumentation and the way that the music is programmed or synthesized is a little bit different so it just sounds it sounds different i don't know about messed up uh well for the love of god like we should be able to get like <laughs> someone at nintendo needs to go talk to someone at square enix i'm sure you guys have friends over there and say hey we got this thing called virtual console and we'll even give you guys the we'll give you the earthbound premium price of ten dollars for a super nintendo game like just do that and i will gladly like buy this for my 3ds or um pick it up on on the switch but uh yeah those are games that i absolutely need to play because if i look at my favorite games of all time final fantasy 4 which i played on the psp is like really i i effing love that game that was such a great experience was playing through that and like tweeting back and forth like john riccardi and like a bunch of people i was i was i played that for like three weeks straight um and same thing with like dragon quest five but i really would love to play through five and play through six and play through chrono trigger and um i will do it it will happen at some point those games are just so long they're so long but i'll do it i promise at it's, some point, if you know, I don't have you have you ever started playing them? Because that was always the thing for me is that whenever I start six or Chrono Trigger, I literally can't stop. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I got them, but I think it is such a weird time for us as people because 
I think if I like I played through most of Chrono Trigger Trigger when it originally came out on the Super Nintendo, like I rented it over a week and I got through as much as I could before I had to return the game. But then when I rented it again, the save was gone. So I was like, oh, like I can't do this. I can't do it in two days or two nights. So um, today I just there's so many distractions when it comes to, oh, there's Steam sale. Oh, I got Hitman now. I'm going to go play Hitman. And then it's like you get distracted by that or I just... I'm a weird person where I get itches where I want to, I want to play through Luigi's Mansion 2 all over again. Uh, all right. Like, <laughs> and, th- and that's how I, that's, a weird that's itch. how I roll. <laughs> I, well, it's just, I have, uh, I have, a, it's just, I'm a weird gamer when it comes to stuff like that. And like you said, I, I know there's going to be games. January is going to be absolutely jam packed. And I know I'm going to get distracted with stuff there and maybe it will be Dragon Quest eight. I don't know. No, I, I I totally feel you. It's tough. Um, that's that's one of the reasons I'm looking at my collection and trying to pare it down right now. Because I just yeah. I just don't have time to play these games, and I know other people either they'll have time or they can at least give me money, so I don't have to feel bad about not having. Totally, time. totally. Like I, I mean, <laughs> even over Black Friday, I had some of my best exercise in self control was not buying. Like uh, I think it was like it was either Amazon or Best Buy had. Bravely default, or excuse me, bravely second for twenty bucks, and oh, I could, I have twenty bucks, but I'll never, I shouldn't buy it because I'm not going to play through it. Or um, even it was Hyrule Warriors Legends, like the 3DS version Ugh. of that game. I know, but it was like it was like just twenty four dollars <laughs> right now. I should buy it, right? But no, like you dedicate <laughs> what limited time you have to playing exclusively great games. And I think if we go into 2017 doing one thing, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Except you, you have to play, you know, you got to review stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I am a little bit lucky because I'm the person who assigns reviews. Right? <laughs> so, uh, typically if I can smell a stinker coming, I, I will not assign it to myself. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, honestly, like I really only have so much time to review games. Mm. So um, I at least try to make the time that I do have to review focused on games that I'm, I'm interested in at the, at the bare minimum. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's uh, I, I think that's a great time to, to wrap things up because I don't want to take too much of your, t- your time out there. Listeners, you should go be playing some games or, Maybe you're like me from 10 years ago and you're listening to this while also playing Geometry Wars in your 360. That would be pretty cool. Um, God, you know what? I do miss the podcast game. We don't have many of those these days. Maybe Final Fantasy Tactics. But the music's so good. No problem. No problem. I'm, I'm so down that... Yeah, I could talk. I could talk about that game forever, um, and I think you should play it. it it's okay. pretty interesting. Well, you probably get a kick out of the the translation as well because it's it, the PlayStation version is pretty bad. <laughs> well, we <laughs> talked about this at at some point. You you need to teach me how to play tactics based games because I would love to appreciate these games. I just need. I need a, I need a guide. I need someone to to help me along this journey, and maybe we can you know re- record a couple podcasts and cover some cover some of these games that obviously are absolute classics um but they're somewhat intimidating and they don't do a great job teaching you how to play the game at the start of final fantasy tactics from my experience no they don't um you know and that's sort of the one you know tactics quote unquote game that i that i i really cherish for a few reasons but one is because there are so many ways to exploit and break the game mm. <laughs> uh 
which is, you know, what I was saying earlier, I, I've been playing the game forever and I'm still finding new things to appreciate. And that is part of it, is I'm finding new ways to just play the game in a totally different way and and find ways to exploit it. But that takes years of experience. So uh, anyway, yeah, I'd be totally down to talk about that game at length. Well, we'll chat. Well, hopefully there'll still be a planet next year um, and we can we can uh, talk about video games still. Uh, we'll, we'll hope for the best. That's what I'm planning on doing. And you guys should do that out there too. And um, I think you should all go play some great games. But uh, before that, uh, make sure that you're going up on, on Twitter. You can follow Peter at PC Brown on Twitter. And, you know, you guys, you know, now that you got your game of the year stuff out of the way at gamespot.com, won't be too soon until you guys are back in the office and talking more about the just, like we said, ridiculously packed lineup for, for January. Yeah, next year. And I'm off to that Nintendo event in New York. So outstanding. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun coming up. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Back in My Play. Thank you so much for for tuning in this past year and coming along the ride as we remember and revisit old video games. And sometimes we just talk about them and talk to the people that surround them. Some things that you have to look forward to in 2017 is uh, talking with Brandon Sheffield and Steve Lynn about the PC Engine some more and some of the amazing music and the unique music produced on that console. I can't wait till Steve, get back from Japan. Stop it. You've been there too long. We need a podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, of course, I will be uh, I will be doing some trips out to Japan in, in March, so I'm sure we'll be talking about some, maybe Zelda 2 out there. Maybe it will finally happen. I don't know, but I uh, just really appreciate all the support from this past year, especially those people that are Patreon supporters that have helped me do this over the last year. And um, I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Parrish and Retronauts. They're now, Jeremy is now going at it uh, full steam with Retronauts now that he has left US gamer. So absolute props out to to Jeremy for just being an incredible, not only historian, but a huge motivator for me and obviously starting back in my play since he, you know, Retronauts was one of the first video game podcasts I ever listened to. So go support them and go listen at uh, Retronauts. And of course, Chris Kohler as well. Chris Kohler is now left wired. So thank you uh, to Chris and make sure you go pick up Powered Up if you haven't already. It's a great book. Go do it. Uh, Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Enjoy some more video game music and we will uh, see you next time. Take care.